Sometimes I like to imagine the world after us, the strange mammals that will emerge, the abundance of biodiverse plant life taking over our fields and factories and so on. I don't think this world will be better. I maintain that we are the most interesting thing to happen on Earth, and there is real beauty and meaning in our curiosity and compassion, even as we also cause and witness so much suffering. But at any rate, there will be a world after us, after each of us. And that's why there's life insurance. It exists to provide a financial safety net to those who love and count on you. Policy Genius's technology makes it easy to compare life insurance quotes from America's top insurers in just a few clicks to find your lowest price. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. So save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. Policy Genius. Because there will be a world without us. Welcome to Dear John and Sarah. Or as I like to call it, Dear John and Sarah, because I um, I like to follow an alphabetical arrangement of names. Wives submit to your husbands. <laughs> no. It's a podcast where we provide dubious advice, answer all your questions, and bring you all the week's news from both Mars, which is a cold dead rock in space, and AFC Wimbledon, which is a cold dead football club in South London. Sarah. Yes. What do you think about when you think about what's going on with AFC Wimbledon? Uh huh. And when you think about the biggest problem at the club being, let's face it, a lack of investment, outside investment. Mm-hmm. Think mm-hmm. about what Ro- Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney did for Wrexham. Yes. Are you putting me on the spot in a public venue in order to get me to commit more of our personal funds to your team? Our team. (laughs) But yes, sorry, finish your question. Don't you feel like people who are in a position Mm -hmm. to give more? Yes. Should. Well, I disagree with the framework of the question. Mm -hmm. I think the biggest problems facing AFC Wimbledon are climate change and divisive politics. Mm -hmm. So... You know, and, and unequal access to health care. That's a big one that that's you mentioned right. a lot. That's right. So I'm going to go ahead and focus on those things mm-hmm. as as a way to make whatever small impact we can. And did I also tell you that I don't off, offer dubious advice? Oh, you offer good advice? <laughs> I offer good advice. You're in the good advice Earnest, earnest, earnest advice. Earnest, good advice. Well, let, let me ask you this question. Yes. Here's a question from Lindsay who writes, Dear John and Sarah, I was thinking about the QWERTY keyboard layout after a trivia night last week and got to wondering, where did the word delete Mm. come from? Did it exist before the digital age? Was it at the same time as QWERTY? I can't fathom an application of the word that doesn't involve a computer. Not Mm. like Lohan, Lindsay. Well, doesn't it have to do with like deleterious? Like like the... um Comes from Latin. Yeah, you don't need the word. What it is mean? deleterious to your argument. You should delete it. These are these are related words. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. The, there are. <laughs> I think it speaks to how radically technology has changed our lives within my lifetime. That um, a lot of young people today cannot fathom a use of the word delete outside of tech. Yeah. But there are lots of things that 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 were deleted before words were deleted by the delete key. (laughs) Right? Sure. Yes. So the first reference to like deleting a word from a manuscript comes from around 1600. So whereabouts of Shakespeare. I like to, when it comes to English, define things, whereabouts of Shakespeare, post-Shakespeare, pre-Shakespeare. Hmm. That seems very Eurocentric. 
Well, English is a rather Eurocentric <laughs> language. Not now, but it is. It was I'm historically. I'm feeling spicy today. Yeah, I, it's really. It's, so it's from around Shakespeare's time. We've been deleting things for a long time, even before we had the word. We mm-hmm. used to blot things out, destroy, eradicate things, etc. Yes, to daub, comma, erase by smudging, mm. as of the wax on a writing table. Mm. So you know, Man, imagine how. Horrible it would have been to be a writer in the days where you had to like daub, <laughs> daub, you know, <laughs> or even even on a typewriter, like even on a typewriter. It, it, it hasn't been that long. No, I wrote on a typewriter. Yeah, yeah, and it's very hard, but kind of fun. I don't find it fun at all. No, actually, no. okay, all right. It's not fun for me. I find it like very time consuming. Like yeah. I wrote my college applications on a typewriter. Did you? Uh, I did. Yeah, I did. And but but I answered one of the questions by making um, a, a collage in Photoshop, which are you was new. They yeah. had Photoshop back then. I, it was early, wow. but yes, they Impressive. sure did. They sure did. All right, we got another question from Anne. It's a good one for Sarah to answer. Dear John and Sarah, I'm in the middle of a depressive episode. My doctor is adjusting my medication, and I'm starting therapy again. But I know it might be a while till I'm back to normal or neutral. Neutral is better than normal. Yes. And your word was better than mine. Yes. How do I keep up my friendships in the meantime? Oh, God, Anne, I don't know. I try to focus on my friends so I don't have to talk so much, but they're good friends and they want to know how I am, too. They know about they know about my depression and I don't want to lie, but I don't want to also keep saying nothing new here. I'm still depressed, but I appreciate you asking. Thanks in advance. I overthink. Therefore, I... And that's great. Anyway, and this actually reminds me of a conversation that we just had with um, our good friends. Yeah. Um, Chris and Marina, uh-huh. um, where we were talking about like how you cultivate good friendships. And it and it wasn't just about giving, which mm-hmm. is important, but about having that back and forth flow. Mm-hmm. So, like, mm-hmm. um, I I understand the real struggle of not um, of not being able to maintain friendships because it does take it work. does take work. Like it any does relationship, and like it it really um, it for a friend they're they're not going to get a lot of satisfaction out of just talking about themselves if they're a good friend. Right. You know, they do want to hear about you. Right. Um, but they don't want to just hear about how you're doing. Right. Like that's not the only part of a friend. That's true. So I've been going through a rough patch mental health wise. Also, have had an adjustment of medications. I'm in, in, in a not dissimilar boat, it sounds like, Anne. And so I've been observing this as well, thinking about it, because I have this I have a similar feeling, which is like I should probably just retreat. I'm unpleasant to be around. And so, like, why wouldn't I just like take a step back and not engage with people um, because I make their lives worse when I'm engaging with them? And that's not quite real. Uh, Like that's something that's happening inside of my mind that may not be their experience of it. And you had a good friend who recently took you for a kayak ride. Yeah. So so, like do something, you know? So so he knew that I was kind of in a bad spot and he wasn't like, let's let's like call and talk through your feelings because he knows that the feelings. I mean, I agree with you, Anne. It's pretty monotonous, right? Like um, you wake up and you feel the same way you did yesterday and the way you felt yesterday wasn't good and the way you feel today isn't good and you feel like probably tomorrow's going to be the same and like there's nothing to report. It's just it's like painful, but in a very uh, uninteresting way mm-hmm. is how I feel about it anyway. And but the great thing about my friend being like, hey, let's go for a kayak ride. I didn't want to. And then initially I actually was like, oh, I can't do it that day. And he was like, great, let's do it next week. I can do any of these four days. And I was like, all <laughs> oh, right, man. <laughs> but then it was so good for me. And we didn't just talk about how I was doing, although we did talk about that. And we, you know, and he he was able to empathize and listen and everything. But we also talked about lots of other stuff, like what the. Uh, you know, what the what the river looked like and um, uh, plans for a big trip that he wants to take and right. all kinds of, you know, all kinds of other stuff. We talked about his work. We talked about my work. Like it, we talked about family It all. It just sort of like when you're doing something together, even if it's a walk in the park or something, you can or just talk about the trees. Oh, yeah. Or even something that doesn't involve talking necessarily. Yeah. You could go um, to a movie, go to a movie, do a puzzle that involves some talking, but like 
mm-hmm. you know, have you seen the one that has uh, two arms, two legs and a little knobby head? You know, like it's uh, it's more like referencing something. Is that how you describe puzzle pieces? Two arms, two legs and a little knobby head? No, some of them. Sometimes the they're that, people. The ones that the have ones two that arms, have two, two legs <laughs> and a little knobby head. That's yeah, how yeah. you describe them? Yeah. Um, what are the ma- major puzzle shapes? Tell me oh the other God. ones. No, uh, I want to know. <laughs> all legs. All legs. Four legs. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen one that has four legs? Or all arms, I guess. All arms. Yeah. But you think of them as all legs. What else? This is great. What? This is gold. No, I don't know. I'm just, right. I'm just, uh, anyway. Um, but you know, you, of, could do, one, you could do, you could do like a yoga class together. Sure. If you're into that kind of thing. And, but if you're anything yeah. like I am when I'm depressed, that's go to, be you a could reach. go to a, a free event yeah. at your local library gallery opening. Go yeah. to a reading at your local library. Talk about local the art author. you don't like, you know, yeah. like there's lots of things I think you can do that can, um, deepen a friendship while um, not necessarily um, involving talking about your feelings. And we know all that stuff is hard. We don't want it to sound like it's not no, hard. We no, just think it's it worth is. doing. Yeah. There's also a puzzle piece, and I don't mean to <laughs> r- run past your question, Anne, that I think of as uh, being, being shaped like one of those throwing stars. Yeah, that might be all legs, though. Oh, that's what you're, you call that all legs. Maybe. You know, there was a massive argument in the Tetris community um, as like, classical Mm -hmm. Tetris became a bigger deal over how we were going to describe the pieces because everybody in their own world had developed their own descriptions of the piece shapes. When, what are they? Well, now it's been sort of systematized to square I piece, which is the long bar. Yeah. J. Yeah. Which is like that. Right. And, uh, is it What's the boop, 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 boop. That's like boop, a boop, that's boop. like a Z piece. Yeah, Z. Yeah. But there's more or an than, N. But there's more than one Z piece, right? There's the one that goes Z and then there's the one that goes the other way. That's on its side. I can't remember what they call that one. And then the the one they call Z and N. And maybe. And then there's the T piece, which is like, you know, three down. The one then, that looks like a T. Yeah, that's the good one. <laughs> T piece is overwhelmingly my favorite of the Tetris pieces. Is that? It is. Yeah. Okay. Well, cool. God, I love Tetris. Yeah. You could play Tetris with a Yeah, friend. play Tetris. Play Tetris Online. With you don't yeah. even have to, like, go anywhere. They got a game called Tetris 100. It's yeah. like Fortnite, but for Tetris. This question comes from V. Dear John and Sarah, do humans have any physiological changes we undergo as the seasons go by? Every spring, my cats shed their winter fur by the handful, and it got me to wondering whether we have anything comparable. Maybe I'm forgetting something obvious, or maybe there's something really subtle that happens. I know know the question of whether humans have pheromones is a complicated one, but is there something that reliably, measurably changes about the human body in any particular season? Is there a human equivalent of growing a summer coat or are all ours artificial like tanning or shaving or very real but not universal like seasonal depression axial tilt and antlers v um i mean i i of course think about um the reproductive system um which isn't like quarterly but more uh monthly or but roughly so but it's not seasonal in the sense that it doesn't respond to heat and cold and and wetness and dryness does it i mean maybe it does i'm not an expert (laughs) y'all no but i mean i guess like seasons yeah so it has to be about weather 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 adaptations um but but, not but the other thing to remember is that seasonality as we conceive of it is not universal right in sierra leone People don't talk about summer, spring, winter, fall. They talk about rainy season, dry rainy season. Rainy and dry, That's right. the case in a lot of the world. Right. And uh, so, and, and then you have a place like New York, uh, I was going to say New York, Los Angeles, <laughs> the New York of California, where, um, I mean, what else? Is it though? San, San Francisco. Francisco. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Uh, yeah, you're right. Totally. Uh, uh, LA but, is kind of like the Miami the Miami of, of California, the West Coast. Mm-hmm. No, I think of it as sort of being the Indianapolis of the West. No, no, yeah, no, that's like Sacramento. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> anyway, yeah. let's move uh, on here. Uh, yeah, so seasons, uh, uh, seasons are, are reliant on where in on, LA on there Earth aren't, you are. There are no seasons, and people right. in LA will tell you that there are seasons. They'll be like, "Oh no, it's like six degrees warmer." Right. Like, we have different winds or whatever. There are no seasons functionally. But the human body does adapt to your environment. You know what I'm saying? Like, I remember when I went to summer camp in Alabama growing up yeah. and like I'd get there. And because I was so used to air conditioning, I I was super hot at the beginning. Yeah. And then by the time I left, I had sort of uh, adjusted to the extreme heat and humidity. Did- Humidity is so much so that I went, when I went home into my um, air-conditioned house, yeah. I was freezing. Interesting. Yeah. So, I I mean, I think you do get used to it. And I don't know. but I don't know, man. I've lived in Indianapolis for 15 years. And just today, I was walking through, like, that sideways freezing rain that we have, mm-hmm. you know, where it appears to be coming up from the ground because the wind is so extreme. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Sorry, I started crying because I'm so upset about the about wintry mix in April. It's yeah. not fair. Oh, it, it is April. April is the cruelest month. Oh, God, it's so true. What yeah. did he mean by that? Do we where, know? Where wind, we'd have to look it up. Where winds and something, winds not, and wheels boy, you, shoot God, you're, lively and your lush. Your poetry memory is just incredible. No, it's, it's not so beautiful. April. <laughs> it's the beginning of the wasteland, right? I don't even remember what poem it's from. Yeah, April is the cruelest month. Thus begins one of the most important pieces of modern poetry ever written. T.S. Eliot's The Wasteland. From part one, The Burial of the Dead. Mm -hmm. Uh, April is the cruelest month, breeding lilacs out of the dead land, mixing memory and desire, stirring dull roots with spring rain. Winter kept us warm, covering earth in forgetful snow, feeding a little life with dried tubers. Summer surprised us, coming over the Starnsburger Sea. Starnsburger Sea? It's best as... Starnsburger Sea. No, you got to take it way out, just like you did the first time. Like, where you don't know what you're talking about. Coming over the Starnsburger Sea. Perfect. With a shower of rain, we stopped in the colonnade and went on in sunlight into the Hofgarten and drank coffee and talked for an hour. Now it gets German, so we're going to stop. Yeah, we're going to stop there. Um, So... April is the cruelest month, breeding lilacs out of the dead land. That doesn't seem that cruel. <laughs> it seems well, like but it news. is. I think about contrast, like yeah. breeding something beautiful out of out of the death and, yeah. and darkness. But why is that cruel? Because the 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 good and the bad are so closely juxtaposed. Mm. You go from wintry mix mm. to like glorious, beautiful mm. spring. Okay, that's I my like, reading. I, having having. Listen to you read that so beautifully. My big conclusion is that there must be some physiological changes because, at least according to T.S. Eliot, one of the major poets of our, of the 20th century, <laughs> winter kept us warm, um, covering earth in forgetful snow, and summer surprised us. So we had different mm-hmm. physiological reactions. One paradoxically of warmth in the cold, and the other of surprise in the summer. So. The answer to your question is yes, and I will not be dealing with any further. Maybe Hank could follow no, up in no, the next. No, I don't. Episode. I don't want. I don't want an answer from Hank. I want an answer from us. Hank is not available. Okay. Dear John and Sarah, on the internet, a seemingly common joke about a low res image is that the pic is potato quality. But could a person take a picture with a potato? like layer on light receptive chemicals on the surface or the inside of a potato and take a picture. Is it possible? My cat says, hi, Sarah. It's a camera obscura, right? I think they mean a print, not can a potato become a camera, but could it become the surface? Could it, could it be a medium onto which a photo could be rendered? Hmm. Right. Let's skip the question. Okay. <laughs> you can include that, Tuna. Sarah, we respect your question and we don't know. <laughs> it's a great question. It would be really cool to print I'm a photograph. I'm feeling Hank's absence. I'm feeling Hank's absence in a big again, way. I'm sorry. I know. We really need Hank here. But we I think it would be it person. would be really beautiful to print a photograph on a very thinly sliced potato. Mm-hmm. I would be into that. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay. Uh, This question comes from Kate. Oh, glorious greens. 
I am doing my first year of college and I don't know how to do anything. I don't feel like I can commit to anything, college, not college, invest in a job, have a job just for the money. I guess just things that come from deep desires and goals. I have neither of these. I try and let myself be pulled by the winds of my values, but largely it's just wincing my way through with Lexapro. Please advise, not a crab, Kate. Yeah. So, so don't, I mean, I think, uh, I think Kate has, Kate has accurately identified the human condition. (laughs) Well, certainly the human condition of being in your first year of college, right? Like, I don't know how to do anything and I don't feel like I can commit to anything is still how I feel a lot of the time, but it's how Mm -hmm. I felt basically all of the time when I was that age Mm -hmm. where there's like this infinite number of things you could do. Too many things. Way too many. Too many clubs. Too many jobs, too many majors, too many classes, too many like opportunities that aren't classes. Too many passionate people around you. Right. And then you have some per- some percentage of people who know exactly what they want to do and they want to be doctors or lawyers or whatever. And they're taking all of the doctoring. Or classes. that's what they say and have decided they right. don't actually know. Maybe they don't. I've some never of been, them do. I, I've never been one of them. <laughs> I don't know what it's like to be them. Well, but we know plenty of people who decided at some point uh, in life that they wanted to be a blank and then they do all the things to become a blank yeah. and then they become a blank and they're like, Oh, is this, like is this, this all there is? I know. I mean, I'm married <laughs> to one such person and one such person is married to me, I think. Yeah. So, uh, it's, it's difficult. Yeah. It's really difficult, but I think what's difficult about it at that age, in some ways, like it's a bummer that I will never be a doctor. Right. Like in some ways, it's a bummer that I will never be a TB researcher because I discovered my passion for tuberculosis uh, inquiry later in life. And also because I suck at chemistry. Mm -hmm. In some ways, it's sad that I will never be a Mr. Beast style um, YouTuber who makes Mm. fast paced Mm. stuff for the people. Mm. It's sad to me. I would love Sarah. Mm. I would be happy. If only I had a hundred million subscribers. Okay, I think we're getting away from Kate. Oh, I forgot. You're dubious. I'm earnest. Exactly. <laughs> you got confused. So but, my, my point is yeah. that as you get older, in some ways that stuff is sad. In some ways it's really a relief because that sort of like infinite possibility that was all that kind of crushed you when you were like 19, Mm -hmm. where, God, I could be any of these things. Which one should I be? I don't know which one to be. It was sort of uh, terrifying and overwhelming. Like, I don't have that anymore. Right. Because I know the things approximately. I don't know all of them, but I know most of the things I'm going to be. Well, yeah, life can surprise you, though. And like what I like about um, uh, your description, Kate, is I try and let myself be pulled by the winds of my values because Mm -hmm. they are winds. They are winds that come up against reality. Yeah. uh, And not just like a cold, hard reality, but the reality of your college situation and Mm -hmm. like what you need in terms of like whether you need to uh, earn income, um, whether you have time to join blank club or do whatever. Um, And so you have it. All they are is wins. Right, right. <laughs> that are informed by whatever you end up doing. But it's, at a certain point, like, I mean, I um, I would almost embrace how random um, it, that those decisions are, because like, you know, maybe you throw a, a dart <laughs> at the list of activities or whatever yeah. and are like you John Cage it. And say, I'm going to do I'm going to join whatever club I close my eyes and put right. my finger on the screen to, you know what I mean? Like or whoever asks me at the at the student center, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, But when it comes to big questions like should I go to college or not go to college? Should I stay in college or leave college? I do think that it's not totally an an act of randomness, right? Like, I think you've got to kind of play the odds a little bit. Yeah. Well, Kate is doing Kate's first year of college. I don't feel like I can commit to anything, college or not college. Right. So they are making that decision. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Um. So. Yeah. Yeah. But sometimes it's- you just have to make one one decision 
yeah. to build on others right. and be okay with it not necessarily like being the most thoroughly considered. Well, and be okay with it um, sh- shutting out other options. Right. Because actually shutting right. out other options is an essential part of growing up. But it's scary. Yeah, it sucks. It's scary, but it's it's it ends up being good news most of the time, I think. Yeah. And as you say, like, there's actually a lot of life left. Like, we have a friend who worked in advertising until he was 40 years old and then became a nurse. Mm-hmm. And is a great nurse. And that's sometimes the way that it goes in life. Mm -hmm. So I would just encourage you to. I mean, I always want to say stay in school because that's like the way I was taught. But I I don't know if that's always the right call, Kate. Like we're all just doing our best here. Um, But nobody knows how to do anything. And you're not alone in that feeling. But sometimes um, it wasn't it. uh uh, Sister Karita Kent, the art making nun, who said, like, sometimes you have to choose a place to stay and then stay there for a little, little while, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like and and uh, Karita Kent was talking about art, you know, as a way to like yeah. plant uh, yeah. in some kind of practice and then, you know, commit for a short time. Right. And see and, and long enough to see where it goes. Right. Because no matter what, the first year of college is really hard. And the second oh, year is oh, easier. Yeah. And the third year is easier than that. And the fourth year is easier than that. I think it's find a place to trust and then stay yes, for a while. Yes. Yeah. Find a place to trust and trust it. Try trusting it for a little while. Yeah. So that's what I would say is if you can find a place to trust, um, or even if you glimpse the possibility of finding of being in a place that you might be able to trust in the future, do do try to stay there for a while. Yeah. Good luck, Kate. You're going to need it because 99.99% of life is luck. Is that a good way to go? No. It's true, though. <laughs> Can I ask this question about being a. Yes. A moth. Sure. Because it'll. Do you know my favorite joke? Yeah, I Have do. you heard the one about the moth? I, I've heard it, and Going, I'm sure this audience has as well, at least once. Goes into a podiatrist's office? Yes, I've heard. Yeah. Do you yeah. remember what the moth says? The light was on. Well, you, you skipped the whole setup and went straight to the punchline. I know. Almost <laughs> like you don't want me to tell the joke again. I ruined it. <laughs> Sarah writes, if we're all just moths flying toward the light and no one knows whether we're really making decisions or just responding to stimuli, why do I constantly do things that are not helpful mm. to me? Like, why do I stay up an hour later instead of going to bed when I'm tired or drink soda instead of water when I'm thirsty? And why is it that sometimes I do drink water or go to sleep on time, but not always? Are there just a ton of metaphorical lights shining on us all at once? And which light is it the one that makes me feel like I have to be doing something every minute of every day because I'd like to turn that one off? Mm. Sarah. Mm. Well, the thing about the moth joke. So many joke, Sarahs today. I know. The thing about the moth joke, Sarah, is that it's a little bit of an oversimplification, like a lot of jokes. Um, I don't think life is as simple as we're always just flying toward the light. And also, I think you're right that there are lots and lots of lights, right? Like the the TikTok corporation is a light mm-hmm. and it wants the it wants you to fly toward it. And that might be why you stay up later one night than you do another night. And the Dr. Pepper Snapple Curig Corporation is a light, and they want you to have a soda instead of water. In fact, they sort of want you to doubt that water is safe so that you will consume more and more Dr. Pepper Curig Snapple beverages. And at the same time, you're getting lots of other messages that tell you that, like, you should drink water and you should go to bed at 10 p.m. And so I think that the ways that we're responding to stimuli are extremely complicated. We need to remember that and remember how much uncertainty there is in all of this. Like uh, the other day, Hank was at the doctor and the doctor was like, yada, yada, yada. Um, how are you? feeling um do you understand how your ulcerative colitis medication works Mm -hmm. and hank was like no i don't and i'm not convinced that you do either because we are trillions of chemical reactions happening all at the same time and i'm not sure that we have a full understanding of the situation in which we find ourselves hank's he's uh stopped talking about being a person Mm mm-hmm which I think is really interesting. And he started referring to um, himself as being whatever it is that I am. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I think of this, 
I have a little bit of a different view of this question because I think we tend to do whatever's easiest. Okay. Mm. So, and sometimes, and like, but you do have, you can set up your life Mm -hmm. so that the easier thing to do is, is what you sort of, is what your goal is. Mm. Okay. So like Mm. I, I put, I plug my phone in at night in the bathroom so that I can't scroll in bed, number Mm -hmm. one. And so that when my alarm goes off, I have to get up and out of bed. And then it's easier for me to stay up than it is to hit snooze and get back in bed. Mm. So and then do it again because it's that getting up that's so hard. So Mm. after the Band-Aids pull off. So like I also know that like opening a can of LaCroix is easy. Yeah. Is easier than like getting out a cup and right. like putting some ice in it right. and putting some water in it. Right. So like I filled some empty bottles with filtered water and I keep them in the fridge and right. like I made that. And like this, I, I don't mean this is like the key to life is, da, 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 but I do think that we yeah. tend to do whatever's easiest. No, I really appreciate those life hacks, Gwyneth Paltrow. Um, <laughs> oh, come now. Do you have a, hey, are, what, hey. <laughs> I can't believe you're getting an IV right now. That's so on brand for you. Does it have like vitamin E and aloe in it? No, it's sour cream. (laughs) (laughs) It's just just burritos. Yeah. Uh, It's just sort of like munched up burritos. Yeah. So I I agree with that. But here's the thing, Sarah. Like even when you do that, you are flying to the light. You did not invent the idea. But I'm admitting. That tap water is better for you than a LaCroix. You did not, and better for the earth. It's actually more better for the earth than it is better for you. You didn't invent the idea that like you need to be separated from your phone in order to sleep better. Right. And so you're, you're still flying to a light. Like my my argument is that like, you can't separate your so-called like rugged individuality, your consciousness from the rest of the shared consciousness of humanity, or at least of your like particular community. Yeah, no, I, I I see that, but I I think acknowledging how impressionable we are. Yeah, 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 totally. And then trying to be thoughtful about how we're going to be impressioned. Right. Trying to be careful about it. Right. That's why I listen to the Goop podcast every week. I do so that I can so that I can get a different worldview. (laughs) Actually, that reminds me that today's podcast, this episode of Dear Hank and John is brought to you by Goop. Is it? Goop. Oh, yeah. It's our official sponsor. Oh, gosh. Um, We will accept money from, I mean, anybody, especially for the fake sponsors. Well, I'm glad I've already eaten quite a bit today. (laughs) Uh, This podcast is also brought to us by the word delete. It Mm. existed before uh, the personal computer and it shall uh, probably exist probably not after the personal computer. But um, that's a good one. You don't mm, think so? I don't know. Now, this is exactly the kind of like TBD. (laughs) This is the kind of like natural, Uh friendly conversations that sponsors always want. They do. So you're welcome to the delete key for giving you that kind of high quality ad read. Yes. And of course, today's podcast is additionally brought to you by not knowing what the heck you are doing in life, (laughs) not knowing what the heck you're doing in life, you know. For somebody with such a... It's underrated. I don't know. I think it's appropriately (laughs) rated. I think it's difficult, but I hear you. This episode of Dear John and Sarah is also brought to us by April, the cruelest month. Yeah, it really is. You have a great voice for radio. Thank you. So do you. You know it, though. Do you think that you could sneak in a reading of that Frank O'Hara poem? Which one? Having a Coke with you? Yeah. Uh, Into this... This episode? Yeah. Do you think we're like far enough in that we're not going to get copyright struck mm, on it? No, I don't. I've talked to Margaret O'Hara. <laughs> yeah. The sister of of the very talented poet and curator Frank O'Hara. Yeah. But I encourage everyone listening to go uh, Google right now, mm-hmm. having a Coke with you by yeah. Frank O'Hara and read it. It's lovely. 
This episode of Dear Hang John is brought to you by Thrive Market. Thrive Market is there to help you maintain the kinds of habits that you want to have. For me, I need to have the right kind of food in the house or I will eat whatever. Oreo recently sent me some free fancy Oreos. They were weird. I ate all of them. I ate all of them in a week and it was a problem. I can't do that. I need to have healthy, good stuff in the house and Thrive Market can help you have healthy habits. It's a great go-to for all your grocery and household essentials and the convenience of getting everything online and then like just quickly shipped to the doorstep. It's a huge time saver. Thrive Market carries brands with great ingredients and sourcing methods. They got Amy's, Banza, Burt's Bees, Trobani, Honest Kids, Kind, Mike's Hot Honey, Oatly, Olipop, Poppy, Salt, I've never heard of salt, but it's got two A's in it, so it has to be good. And as a Thrive Market member, you can save money on every single grocery order. On average, you can save over 30% every time. And they also have a deals page that changes every day. When you join Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one-for-one membership matching program. You join, they give. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order, plus a $60 free gift. I enjoyed my $60 free gift. I was surprised by it, and it was the kind of thing I wouldn't have bought. And then now I'm like on the ghee train. They gave me free ghee. And I was like, I don't know what ghee is. But then I was like, oh, this is great. It's like butter, but it's different and more spreadable. <laughs> Go to thrivemarket.com slash dearhank for 30% off your first order plus that free $60 gift. That's thrive, T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash dearhank, thrivemarket.com slash dearhank. So listen, your toilet is massively gross, like it's grosser than you think. In fact, bacteria and viruses can hang around in the toilet bowl even after multiple flushes. And I recently found the easiest way to clean my toilet, Blue Land's Sustainable Toilet Cleaner Tablets. Just drop, watch it fizz, brush, and flush. It is truly that simple. No more scrubbing for hours. Plus, the tablets are plastic-free. Blue Land is on a mission to eliminate single-use plastic by reinventing cleaning essentials to be better for you and for the planet with the same powerful clean that you're used to. Blue Land products are effective and affordable, and their toilet tablets are proven to work on a wide range of toilet stains, including rust, mineral deposits, lime scale, and hard water. And you can even get more savings by buying refills in bulk or setting up a subscription. Blue Land has a special offer for our listeners. Right now, you can get 15% off your first order by going to blueland.com slash dearhank. You won't want to miss this blueland.com slash dearhank for 15% off. That's blueland.com slash dearhank to get 15% off. All right, Sarah, before we get to the all-important news from Mars and AFC Wimbledon, I want to ask you a football question from Farron, who writes, Hello, I have somehow been talked into refereeing peewee soccer games, despite the entirety of my football knowledge coming from listening to this podcast. Well, that's all you need, really, Farron. As long as you you know who Ayuba Sal and Ali Alhamidi are, uh, you'll be just fine. Uh, our first games of the season went pretty well, and then our, our second uh, games were uh, won by Soggy Pitch. Oh, it's just it's the <laughs> most – in both Pee Wee Soccer and League Two Soccer, it truly is one of the most formidable enemies. <laughs> Here's the question. What shoes should I wear to Ooh. better protect my toes from being squashed by cleats so many times while still being able to run fast enough icing bruised little piggies, Farron? That is tough. Don't you think you should also wear cleats? Yeah. Like but, wear soccer cleats. But cleats don't protect your toes. Well, really. I would, here's what I would do. I would go into your local uh, shoe pr- provider mm-hmm. and I would say, I want cleats, but I'm not a soccer player. I am a referee. And so I want cleats that have some thickness on the toe. And then the other thing I would do, Farron, is I would try to stay away from those players. <laughs> you know what I might do? I might take some Crocs. What now? And then uh, customize them. What? Well, you got. I'm, I'm mostly are, kidding. I thought, you have to wear them in sport mode, of I course. Thought, of course. I thought that you were t- going to give earnest advice. No, and suddenly no. you're like, oh yeah, you should. I was thinking that you were going to say, all right, so here's an argument where you could use Crocs. Cut out the part of the top of the Crocs. Yeah. And then like, mm. like glue it on top of the soccer cleats. Mm-hmm. So you have a little more protection on top, maybe. You could metal plate some cleat, some Crocs. What if you just went in with full Doc Martens, you know, and you were just a really Doc Martens referee. It's not easy to run referee. in those, though. But you're a referee. I mean, you, 
Yeah. As I'm sure you're finding out, Farron, the key with being a referee is just being in the right place so that you never have to do more than a right. jog. I I would I would uh, wear whatever shoes you can run the fastest in um, and just stay away from those children. Do you remember when our beautiful son was a referee in Pee Wee oh, soccer games? He was great. He was a great referee, but he was also somewhat su- suggestible. So like if one of the parents would scream like that's a corner kick, he'd be like, well, I mean, that does seem like the way to minimize the stress of that parent. Um, <laughs> we're going to say that's a corner kick. But he was he was really good and he was super supportive of the kids. Yeah, um, he, was he just great. he was just a little intimidated by the parents. But then who's not? Yeah. 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 Well, we wish you luck, Farron, and congratulations on refereeing. It is the most underappreciated but really vital facet of the game of soccer. Yes. Hats off. Yes. Um, we we respect you, even if maybe some of the parents will yell at you. Mm-hmm. Um, there was I remember in that same league when Henry was playing, not when he was refereeing. I remember there was one moment where uh, one of the opposing coaches, you were actually the coach of Henry's team, but one of the opposing coaches started yelling at the um, linesman saying that something had been offside. And finally, after being berated and berated and berated, the linesman's epic comeback was I'm 14. <laughs> It was the perfect, it's, perfect it's just, response. It's the most precise. It's like, yeah. I think you need to shut your mouth, old man. Yeah. All right. Ha- all right, Hank. What's your name? Is it Hank? Uh, it's it's uh, Sarah. Last yeah. time I checked. Yeah. Dear John and Sarah, could you put your combined knowledge together to explain how my grandmother has the tuberculosis germ but is surrounded by antibodies so we don't have to have a heck of concern? Mm-hmm. Anytime I hear about this, I nod like I understand, but I absolutely do not. Yeah. Why are people dying of tuberculosis while this 85-year-old fragile white lady is just chilling with this deadly germ in her body? Tuberculosis and terror, Rachel. Well, um, that is a big question. It and 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 to say that we fully understand it, I think would be inaccurate because there's a lot that we don't fully, fully understand about tuberculosis. But here is what we do know. About a quarter of all humans are infected with tuberculosis like your grandmother is. And almost almost all of them will never get sick. Um, The reasons for this are complicated. Generally, if a tuberculosis infection, you're right that like your grandmother has this uh, it's called a tubercle where there's a little bit of tuberculosis that's inside of her that her body can't kill. And so instead, all these white blood cells have surrounded it almost like a like a tiny golf ball uh, that has tuberculosis in the middle of it. But that tuberculosis won't ever be able to get out because it's surrounded by all this uh, by all these white blood cells. That's the idea anyway. Um, And she may have many tubercles, you know, she may have many of these things where, but at any rate, over 50% of the time that someone is going to get sick from tuberculosis, they get sick within a year or two of the initial infection. And so most people who will become ill with tuberculosis will become ill within a couple of years after being infected. And the risk factors for becoming ill are things like malnutrition, having a really severe uh, uh, immunocompromising condition like, uh, you know, untreated HIV, for instance, uh, or um, and there are other risk factors as well, including like some about age and um, poverty is a big risk factor. So the reason your grandmother is is good probably, is because she's had this infection for a long time. It's been in a sort of state of balance for a long time. And once something is in a state of balance for a long time, it's pretty hard to upset that balance. That's not to say that she could never develop uh, active disease because she could um, if she were severely immunocompromised at some point, if her body went through a lot of physiological stress. Um, then it's possible, but it is very unlikely and it's not something that uh, you really need to worry about, probably. And that is, you're right, a stark, stark contrast from the experiences of the tens of millions of people who will get sick with tuberculosis this year. And 
I do think that we need to really consider why it is that we are able in the rich world to live with such a low burden of tuberculosis uh, while other communities are not able to do that. Look at that earnestness. No, it's well, I'm very earnest about TV. I'm almost too earnest about it because I'm trying to like bring some voiciness, some humor to my TV work, but all right. I feel is anger. Right. But and, you're, 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 it's it's comes from a good place, John. Yeah. All right. Speaking of coming from a good place, AFC Wimbledon were in a good place earlier this season. They were. I'm sorry. Uh, we we're so bad. We were uh, we were ahead two to one in the 92nd minute. Went outside. We had some friends come over, and I went outside to greet them. Went back inside, and we'd lost the game. Ugh. God, uh, then we the pain. Played, then we played Stevenage, and we decided to take on a different strategy. So we've been 1-0 up in most of the games that we've ended up losing, but we tried decided to take a different strategy of going 1-0 down, mm-hmm. which I was completely in favor of. We let in a goal in the fourth minute, and I was like, obviously, we've, you know, back in the locker room, Johnny Jackson explained to the boys that we need to let a goal in immediately mm-hmm. because the other way isn't working. And then Ali Alhamidi, my favorite player, maybe ever, I mean, if he leaves over the summer, I don't know what I will do. Mm-hmm. I, 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 the only time I have ever been tempted to hide spending from you is <laughs> I am tempted to pay Ali Alhamdi's wages no. quietly without you knowing. I am tempted. I'm not going to lie about it. I'm just, it's important for me to tell the truth. That said, um, he scored a goal to tie the game and then threw a really unfortunate error um, we gave up a goal and we lost 2-1. Ugh. And we are not technically safe from relegation yet. And we also haven't, you know, like we've lost 13 out of or failed to win 13 out of our last 14 games. And I'm a little worried. Like we need one more win um, or some results to go our way in the yeah. last four games of the season or else we could not be a full-time professional team in the football league anymore. And that's a really, really scary thought. And it would be truly catastrophic for the club. And we just, we have to figure out a way to make that not happen. Yeah. And it's all on the shoulders of these lads who feel it. They feel the pressure. They definitely feel it. Um, And I don't blame them. I mean, they definitely feel it. It's not all on their shoulders. Um, It's also. That's true. It's also on, on everybody's shoulders. But yeah, there's a lot of pressure on them and they feel it. And that doesn't make it easier. And I. I don't envy the situation that they're in. And a lot of them are so young. I mean, a lot of these, you know, Ali Alhamdi's 20. I know. Jack Curry's 19. I mean, these are- I called them lads. Yeah, they're lads. They're lads. They're just just little lads. Mm -hmm. What's the news from Mars? Well, I don't have news from Mars, but I do have news from um, the pottery lab. Ooh. I'm trying to figure out what to call my new little space for making pottery. Uh, it's, it called, it's it was unheated. A, so yeah. I have, I've been waiting <laughs> for it to get warm enough. Yeah. Um, I, I like, um, pottery, pottery studio is a little too formal, a little pretentious. pottery lab, a little too clinical pottery barn, kind of funny, kind of funny, but the pottery barn, I get the pottery, it. No, I don't I know. It. Yeah. The Pottery Lab is what the Pottery Studio was called at our high school. And so whenever you say Pottery Lab, I always think of the Pottery Lab, that little pottery room. Yeah, it was by the Chemistry Lab. I know I got kicked out there. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I was expelled from school. But so I have I I, I, I'm going to update you on what I'm up to now. So um, John and I have been planting some trees this spring. Yeah. And I want to make some ceramic markers mm-hmm. that are going to identify what type of tree they are. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to make some sort of samples so we can see how sturdy they are. Mm-hmm. Are they a shape? Mm. Um, do they, you know, does a does a shape indicate the tree and then there's a key or do they have to say what they are? Uh, that's interesting. Now. Let me ask you, and you know how I like to turn your projects into bigger projects. Yes. But is there a way that we could also expand this to have a few of those <laughs> markers in the f- the forest that's, oh. that's behind the pottery lab? 
right with existing mature trees so that yes. we could know this yeah. is an a- this is an ash right. which are increasingly rare sadly right. in Indiana this is an elm this is an oak this is a sugar maple whatever right i think that'd be really cool yeah yeah i think the trees would appreciate it too I think they I th- I hope they would. I yeah. hope they'll like it. It's like a it's like an accessory. I just think <laughs> it's, it's like nice. a it's like a name tag. I just think it's always nice for trees when you give them something that isn't made of wood. You know? Right. Like, like ceramics are here's made some, out of dirt. Here's some baked dirt. Here's some baked dirt. And that will make you feel better than if I have whenever I see like a wooden sign identifying a tree, I'm like, this is a bummer for the tree. Okay. <laughs> like they know where that came from. <laughs> So I think it's great. It's like cannibalism. It's it's close to cannibalism, (laughs) right? It's like close to feeding your chickens chicken nuggets. Yeah, yeah. And I don't like it. So I love ceramic tree identifiers. So I just. How many shapes could you make, though? Well, infinite. There's a a lot of different trees here. I know. I know. And and 20 to 30 different kinds of trees. it, It would be unfortunate if it required a key, you know? Yeah. Like they should probably be able to be uh, understood by anyone who understands English, right? Anyone who's prancing through the forest. <laughs> I feel like it should be a pretty limited number of people, frankly. Because they could just be attractive, colorful yeah. things that oh, have meaning to only some people. Because it could be both. Yeah. And then you just like hand out the key. Because there's also color. You hand out the key to like visiting artists or friends or whatever. Right. Because, yeah, you could do both color and shape. So blue square could be sugar maple and like red square could be red maple. Mm-hmm. Mm, I love it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I forgot that you can color pottery. Now, does that involve any wood? <laughs> color. You could color pottery. What we what do we what do we do, John? We call it staining. Glazing. We call it glazing. <laughs> glazing. Yes. <laughs> So that is the news from my um, pottery making space that needs a name. If you have any good names for the pottery making space, let us know. It is an old shed type building. It is a shed from 1890 um, Mm -hmm. that is unheated, but very nice. Yes. I mean, as as places without (laughs) electricity or running water go. Um, (laughs) It has a hose hookup. It does have a hose hookup. Yeah. So it's pretty fancy. If you have any ideas for what I should call it, please, please propose them. Yeah. Write us in. Write write to us at hankandjohn at gmail.com. Also, I'm looking for a name for the shed where I work, Mm -hmm. um, which is, you know, maybe 50 feet away from that shed. Right. But Um, yours is going to have heat and plumbing. It will. Yeah. It's going to have a bathroom. (laughs) I'm pretty excited. And we've been calling it the writer's shack. Yeah, that's not right. But it doesn't feel right. And also after we fix it up, shack won't be the right term for it. And if you've watched any of the format videos, you might have seen this place or Mm -hmm. watched the video where I made pottery because we used to make pottery there. Um, but that, if you have a name for that shed other than the writing shed, which just the, it doesn't yeah, work. Writing I, shack. Don't, I don't really think of it as a shed anyway. No. It's like, it's just a small. It's like a little cabin. It's like a, it's like a cabin slash studio apartment. Yeah. It's, it's like, like a, a, it's like a 300, it's like a tiny house. It's it has like everything you need detached for a house. Tiny house. It's like a 300 square foot tiny house. with a bathroom and yeah. a kitchenette. Yeah. Yeah, or we'll yeah we'll have that. And what are you gonna do there? <laughs> uh, oh, you don't have to be too philosophical about it. He's gonna write. He's going to do the internet. I'm <laughs> gonna try to put one word in front of the other and not log on to Twitter. Yeah, he's gonna make TikToks. Yeah. He's gonna exercise his format. Yeah, um, I'm gonna use the format for he's sure. He's gonna eat things. Yeah, yeah. Drink, attract, attract, di- drink diet, Dr. Pepper. Attract mice. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks to everybody for listening. We are so grateful uh, to have you here with us, um, and so grateful to all of y'all. Um, for uh, your questions that you can submit yes. at hankandjohn at gmail.com. Sorry we didn't answer more questions, as always. This podcast is edited by Joseph Tunamedish. It's produced by Rosiana Hals Rojas. Our head of community and communications is Brooke Shotwell. We had no editorial help this week from Deboki Chakravarti, and boy, could you tell. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, but 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 she and Hank's uh, brilliant minds working together will be back next week. And in the meantime, thanks again for listening. And as they say in our hometown, don't, don't forget, forget to, to be, be awesome. awesome.